the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed, with Prayers Heard in Heaven, starts now. The title of our lesson today is God Has a Blessing for You. Well, before we begin this afternoon, I want to say hello to the family. If you've just joined us for the first time, we welcome you to the family. You only have to listen one time, and then you're part of the family. So welcome, family. We're a community of prayer. We pray for one another. I teach prayer. And again, welcome to the family because you're now part of us at Prayers Heard and Heaven. Joan and I are so excited to have you with us today. Well, before we begin talking about the great blessing that God has a blessing for you, let's go to him with a short prayer. Our spirit cries, Abba, Abba. Daddy, we come to you humbly with confidence in you, knowing you are our Father who rules the heaven and the earth simply. What is too hard for you? All creation is in your hand, Abba Father, today. Prove to your children once again how awesome and powerful you really are. Others have gods, but... They are just idols. The idols of the nations are silver and gold made by the hands of men. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear, nor is there breath in their mouth. They lift it to their shoulder and carry it along. They set it in places, and there it stands, not budging from that spot. They cry out to it, but it does not answer. It saves no one from his troubles. But we know you have called us unto yourself and saved us by your dear son, that we might now be sons and daughters unto you. And so today we thank you, Daddy, with an everlasting love. In the name of all things holy and pure, Christ our Lord, amen. It's awesome to just take a moment and give him glory and honor. Well, let's go today to John 20, the 20th chapter of the book of John. We're in the New Testament, and we're going to the scene of the resurrection. There's something so powerful that happens here. Remember we've talked about before that the enemy doesn't care about anything that you possess. I cannot say that often enough. There's one thing that you have that Satan cares about, not the car you drive, not where you live, whether you have a degree or not. He doesn't care about those things, but what he does care about, there's only one thing he fears. And that is the knowledge that you have. He wants you to forget what you know. 
And if he can get you to forget what you know, you will lose your faith in Christ. You won't believe God when you're in the heat of battle. You won't believe God when trials and challenges come in this lifetime. You won't even think that God can deliver you. That's what happens when you forget the knowledge that you have. So that's what he fears. He fears the knowledge that you have. And that's the only thing that he truly fears. We're going to the resurrection in John 20th. And it reads like this, and allow me to paraphrase just a bit here and there. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Now, you know, this is, that has to be a mystery. We have to kind of stand in the moment for just a moment there and be where she was at that time. She comes to the tomb and the Bible says the stone has been rolled away. Now, this is a huge, it's like a boulder. This thing is huge. But now it took a few soldiers to put it into place and now it's gone. Oh, my goodness. The Bible says she ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loves. Now, we know the Bible's talking about John. And she said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and John start out for the tomb and they both are running. But the Bible says that John outran Peter and he reached the tomb first. And the Bible says that John stooped and he looked in and he saw the linen wrappings laying there. But wait a minute. It says something very important, but he didn't go in. Now, wait just a minute. Why didn't he go in? So let's back up for just a moment. It's saying that Peter and John are together, but all of a sudden John outruns Peter and John arrives at the tomb before Peter. And when he arrives first and Peter's pulling up the tail end because he's running behind and, you know, they're, they're excited about this. What in the world has happened? Have they really taken his body? Is he really missing? Did he do what he said he was going to do? What just took place? We can imagine their thoughts rushing. And so they're both running to the tomb. But as John comes up from behind and outruns Peter and reaches the tomb first, but he looks in, he sees the linen cloth, but he does not go in. Has to be a question in our mind. Why didn't he go on in? The Bible says, then Peter running up behind him, reached the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings and the cloth that had covered Jesus head was there and was folded up and lying there. Then John, who had reached the tomb first, went in and he saw and believed. Why did John go running ahead and he arrived first, but he stopped at the tomb and looked in? Was he afraid at what he saw because he's standing there and he's gazing into the tomb? Had he forgotten what Jesus said? Satan wants you to forget the knowledge that you have. Remember, so John is standing there gazing into the tomb. But Peter runs up behind him. He passes him up and he goes into the tomb. Peter must have been expecting a miracle. What did he anticipate had happened? That he would run past John and go on in. Satan wants you to forget what God has promised and cause you to tremble and fear. There is one demonic spirit. It is prevalent in this realm today. And that is the spirit of fear. Why didn't he go on in? Had he forgotten what Christ said that he would do? The Bible says there is no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. He had made some of the most astounding experiences happen in prayer. 
And I'm sure if you look them up, you remember what I'm saying. God is going to do such great demonstrations of his power in the days to come. Remember, Satan's afraid of what you know. His greatest fear is your knowledge. And if he can get you to forget that, then you'll be paralyzed by fear. You will be in torment. Fear is the enemy's greatest weapon in this realm. Fear is one demonic spirit. And I am telling you the truth. Well, fear begins with a thought, doesn't it? It normally begins with a thought. And if you allow that thought to continue and run rampant, then it's going to take control over you. You're going to find yourself trembling. You're going to find yourself in devastation. You're going to find yourself paralyzed and unable to go forward. This is what leads to suicide. This is what leads to one taking another's life. It leads to so many devastation. This is what leads to us getting to the threshold of a great miracle of going forward to something wonderful in our life. And fear takes hold and we're paralyzed and we can't move forward. My question is, do you love him? If you love him, then you have to trust him. And if you trust him, he will guide you and he will never fail. Allow your love for him to cast out all fear. When we understand these truths, we see that God never fails. We talked earlier about worship and prayer being a continual in our life. This is the life that God is calling us to live. No more mundane prayers. No more not trusting God, not believing that he's going to deliver us. Not believing that our prayers aren't important. Remember what the book of Revelation says? It says that he stores up our prayers in a vial. That our prayers come up as a sweet incense before him like a, a sweet aroma into the very nostrils of God. And so as our prayers are stored up, how can we really say that he doesn't answer prayers? How can we, if our prayers are so precious to him that he even stores your prayers up, child of God, do you know how precious your prayers really are? He has them in a vial and they come up before him and he stores the prayers of the saints. Revelations five even shows us that the prayers of the saints are answered even long after their death. What about that child that you prayed for and he passed away anyway? What about that parent that you prayed for and you wanted God to bring them out of the sickness and you wanted God to heal them, but they weren't healed. What about that? I talked to a young girl many years ago in the military and I was talking to her about prayer. And I really thought I was winning this kid over and, and you know, I know her mother had died and as I'm talking to her, she's listening to me. And then all of a sudden, she says, I need to tell you something about prayer. And I can hear it in her voice. And right away, I thought she's offended with God. And I said, so what do you need to tell me? She said, my mother was sick. And she went in the emergency room, and I prayed. I mean, Miss Nee, I prayed. And you know what? God let my mother die. My mother did not live. I really don't want to talk about prayer. I don't believe in prayer, and I really don't want to talk about it. I said, well, wait a minute. Hold on now. Let me tell you something about death. First of all, death is the last enemy overcome. But I want to explain something to you. You were praying for her healing. How did you want her healed? She said, I wanted her completely healed. I said, well, the truth is that in death there is total healing. I know that's not what you wanted for her, but in death is complete and total healing. There is no pain. There is no discomfort. They are completely and totally healed and will never be sick again. You have to understand that life is a continuum and it goes on. So her prayers are stored up. And even though she didn't see the fruition of the prayer the way she wanted to see it, she understood 
that her mother was truly healed. She understood that her mother wasn't suffering anymore. So that child that you prayed for, that God took anyway, they are completely and totally healed. And they couldn't be in safer, more capable arms than the arms of God that they're in right now. We have to really understand the supernatural spirit realm and that life is a continuum. The Bible says not to be as those who have no hope. You know, that was a problem with the Sadducees. You see, they were very sad, you see. They didn't believe in resurrection of the dead. They didn't believe in the afterlife. They didn't believe in angels. But that's not you, child of God. The Bible says don't be as those who have no hope. It makes you wonder why they were called the Sadducees. God wants us to have hope. God wants us to believe the word of God. The book of Revelation says these words are faithful and true. Bless God. He doesn't want you tormented by that spirit of fear and that God answers prayer. You know, I want to take a moment really quick and then we're going to go back to the Bible. But I want to teach you a simple form of prayer. Many, many years ago, I taught a friend of mine how to pray. And she's so powerful in prayer. She gets such amazing answers in prayer. I said to her not long ago, I said, Kathy, you you are just so powerful You know, in praying, God just answers you. I'm just I'm so excited about the way that you pray. You you know what I need to ask you? I said, when did you how did you start praying? She said, Valerie, wait a minute. (laughs) Don't you remember when I first started praying? You're the one that taught me. I said, seriously, Kathy, are you serious? She said, yeah, you started me praying. I said, wow, I don't remember that. That's got to be a long time ago. She says, yeah, like 26 years ago. Remember, I said, refresh my memory. When I first taught you how to pray, what did I teach you? She said, you taught me, you gave me some scriptures, and you said, now read these scriptures, Kathy, and then pray in your own words. And then read these scriptures and pray in your own words. I said, really? What scriptures did I give you? She said, you gave me the Psalms. She said, and I did that. You said, Kathy, start with 15 minutes a day. Read the Psalms. Whatever Psalms was related to her situation is what I taught her as she refreshed my memory. And she said, and so I would read four or five scriptures and then I would pray in my own words. And I'd read four or five scriptures and then I would pray in my own words. You said, now, Kathy, start with these 15 minutes. And if you will do that, you'll find yourself that you can't resist staying longer. Gradually, your prayer life will grow. So I'm introducing something to you today. And that is how to pray using the scripture. So maybe you want the presence of God and you long to have his presence upon you and to feel his presence with you in a powerful way. In the 63rd Psalm, David feels that he's in a dry place spiritually. And that is a that is a psalm that I so love. And I teach people when they can't feel the presence of God. And they say, I don't even know what his presence feels like. And I say, go to the 63rd Psalm. Read that psalm and cry out to God. Tell him what you just told me. I want to feel your presence, Lord. I want to be in your divine presence. I want to experience the power of your love. I want to know that you never leave me and never forsake me. I don't want it to be just words anymore. I want it to be a reality. I want to know you as my father. And even more than that, I want to cry, Abba, Abba. I want to cry, Daddy, Daddy. That's how I want to know you, Lord. I no longer want it to be distant, a God that's in heaven. 
and a God that I think is within me, but I cannot feel or know his presence. I want you to speak to me in my inner ear. I want you to speak to me in the wee hours of the night. I want to hear your voice when I need encouragement. I want to hear your voice when I don't know which way to turn. I want to hear you, Daddy. When I am completely bewildered and the challenge seems greater than me, I want to know that you're there. This is how you come to that place. You see, because the Bible says that his words are spirit and they are life. A spirit is an energy force, right? It goes through walls. It can transform itself in different ways, right? It's a spirit. It moves. It has life. It's saying my words are alive. They have power. They are a life-giving, sustaining force. And so understand that when you pray the word of God, the spirit of God, his power is in his word, child of God. And so that's what I want you to learn today. I don't want you to be tormented by the spirit of fear. I want you to understand his presence and I want you to know how to step into his presence. And once you start doing this, just start, you know, 15 minutes a day. It's an easy way to start. And then add a worship song. You know, a worship song is not about praise necessarily. It's not about what God has done for me. A worship song is about who he is. It's about his magnificent power. It's about his awesome love. It's about his incredible mercy. Now, worship can lead into praise, but worship really is different. And when you sit down to have these 15 minutes, try a simple worship song. Maybe you don't have a CD player. Maybe you don't have any music you can play. Oh, but your voice is music to him. Your voice is sweet to him. So this is a starting point. And maybe you're someone who's been praying a long time. You say, well, I'm way past 15 minutes a day. I applaud you. That is just so fantastic. But have you been praying the scriptures this way? Formal prayers are perfect. There's nothing wrong with formal prayers. I use some formal prayers. A lot of formal prayers have gotten me where I am today. But the word of God, when you need protection, when you need provision, when you need to make a major decision and you can't tell which way to turn, the Bible says that the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Well, how will I know his voice if I always play formal prayers? In order to know the shepherd's voice, I have to step into the shepherd's word. I have to step into his presence in order to know his voice. That's where God is calling you today. Psalm 63, if you want to step into his presence and you want to know his presence. Psalm 8, if you're in a desperate situation and there is a huge challenge in front of you, we turn to Psalms 8. I've seen so many miracles praying these scriptures. Psalms 8 When you need a quick move of God's hand, I need you to do this, Lord, and I need you right now. I'll go to Psalms 8. It says, what is man thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? But thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. Do you know that you're crowned with glory and honor, child of God? Well, you are. Well, you really are. You're crowned with glory and honor. Now, that scripture is about Christ. But because Christ now lives in you, it's about you too. So you're made just a little lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor. God doesn't want you tormented by the spirit of fear. So if you find yourself in that place, that's when we turn to the 91st Psalm. You turn to the 91st Psalm and you read there. Remember, you're going to read a few scriptures 
and pray in your own words. Read a few more scriptures. Talk to God in your own words. Nothing fancy, nothing eloquent. Just talk to him about your situation. Read a few more scriptures, a few more verses. Talk to God in your own words. He wants to talk to you. There's nothing more precious than your time that you spend with the Father in the throne room. When you read the 91st Psalm, and I'm taking you kind of far today, then I want you to make it a declaration of faith. It'll go something like this. You read the whole Psalm, and then you say, I am dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. I am abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Lord, you are my refuge. You are my strength. So you go through there, and you make it simply a declaration of faith. So 91st Psalm, you're dealing with fear. You know, that, that tormenting spirit tries to come upon you. Someone's in the emergency room. Someone's sick. We have seen so many miracles from the 91st Psalm. I cannot count the miracles that we have seen. Maybe doors are closed. Maybe you're trying to get a new job. Uh, maybe you're, there's a change in your career. Maybe you're with a company that just went into bankruptcy and there's loss of job. I'm telling you, the 91st Psalm and the 8th Psalm must be a part of your prayer life. It is vitally important. And so, you know, this ministry is about teaching God's people to pray. So I can't just keep teaching lessons without teaching you these most important points. The Bible says with all kinds of prayer and supplication, making your requests known unto God. Well, all kinds of prayer and supplication, all kinds of prayer. You know what that means? What is supplication? I hear you asking that question, Valerie. Supplication is the asking part of your prayer. What are you asking God to do? So it says with all kinds of prayer and, and supplication, making your requests known unto God. Okay? So you, you, you're praying, and then after you praise and worship God, you're going into the supplication. What are you asking God to do? Well, I want you to know that he's waiting for you now. He sent you this message. He sent you this form of prayer for a specific reason. He wants you to begin to pray this way. He wants you to rise up in power. He wants to do powerful demonstrations of his power through you. He wants you filled with his word so that the enemy can't come by and steal the word out of your heart so that when fear and any challenge comes in life, you have a weapon and it is the word of God. And that is the most powerful weapon that you possibly can have. And when it comes to prayer, he says his word will not return unto him void. It shall accomplish whereunto It has been sent. The word of God runs swiftly, child of God, to the place where you send it. And only you have the power to send the word of God. No one can send the word of God, but a child of God. And so, therefore, it is vitally important that you learn to pray the word of God in your life. Again, formal prayers are okay. But right now, God's releasing a prayer mantle over his people. And when he releases this prayer mantle, he wants you to be ready to shake evil out of its dwelling place. It's going to take being filled with the word of God to shake it out of your marriage, to shake it out of your situation with your child. Oh, we're going to go forward next week. We're going to talk about binding and loosening. We're going to put the enemy on the run because you are made for victory. Your middle name is Victory Child of God. And if you didn't know that, you can tell everybody now my middle name is Victory because I am a child of God. 
Praise him. So I just want you to know that we'll go forward with binding and loosening. We'll talk about fasting and praying. We're going to talk about these all kinds of prayer and making your requests known unto God. So as you go forward this week, praying the word of God, expect powerful results. The psalmist said, I waited expectantly for the Lord and he inclined unto my cry. What is he saying? He said, I expected God to do something. And guess what? He did it. But I expected him to do it. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. We'll be back next week with another powerful lesson from the Word of God. And I want you to go to our website, email us, tell us what you're praying about, tell us what results that you're seeing as you learn these new forms of prayer. That's what we need. We need you to communicate. Joan and I want to hear from you. We want to hear what your prayer requests are. We want to hear if you're receiving results in prayer. We're here to stand by you to encourage you, child of God. You are born for victory, and there's no other way. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 5.30. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 